0: This audio recording is presented by New City in Downtown Orlando. Uh, as we said before, it's uh, it's a little different and it's a little peculiar uh, today uh, here at New City um, because we are uh, having a uh, what we call a CBR Sunday, and uh, it's my hope uh, during this sermon time to either introduce you to community Bible reading uh, if you're new or uh, maybe encourage you or re-engage you in uh, community Bible reading if you're familiar with our church. So let me just say a few things we will stand for the passage and we'll move forward. CBR stands for Community Bible Reading. Uh, It's an initiative that I helped launch in a previous church where I served, and it's an initiative that we've participated in uh, here for seven years uh, at New City. Uh, community Bible reading is a tool designed to help you effectively read the Bible every day. The key word is effectively. Uh, If you follow the reading schedule of CBR, you're going to read the New Testament every year and you're going to read the Old Testament every three years. But more than that, it is the hope of CBR that through the tool, your intimacy with God will increase and your intimacy with brothers and sisters in the faith in the community in which you live will increase as well. And so for seven years, including last year, we called CBR city Bible reading. Uh, As you may have already picked up, I'm calling it community Bible reading starting in 2015. Not I am. It has been decided that we will. uh, And I am the first one to communicate it to you as community Bible reading. And the biggest reason for that is, as I said before, there are dozens of churches and thousands of people around the world that use CBR. And a lot of them aren't in cities. And they're, they're always asking, can we just call it something besides city Bible reading? And so, uh, of course, there's no reason not to give in and to honor our partners in that. And so we have done exactly that. It actually makes more sense for us now, too, because the primary place in which we want you, the context in which we want you reading the Bible is your small group at New City. We used to call those city groups, which is why it was called City Bible Reading. Now we call them community groups. And so, look, it's working out for all of us. So name change. Uh, Not for the church, although we've changed the name of the church a few times. We're just changing the name of CBR, Uh, it's Community Bible Reading. Uh, James chapter 1, 21 to 25, is one of the fundamental and key passages that I've gone back to year in and year out as we have developed uh, Community Bible Reading. And it's my goal as we walk through this passage to first and foremost teach the Bible, uh, to also uh, present again Christ from the Scriptures as our incredible Savior. But then in addition to that, I want to encourage you if you're doing CBR to do it Uh, more faithfully. I'll explain what that means later. Uh, If you've wandered away from CBR, I wanna re-engage you. And uh, again, as I said before, if you're brand new to the concept, I want you to leave with this gift. It tells you in the front how to get more if you want more. I'd love to see you enjoy uh, this reality as well. Okay? So that said, let's stand. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray together. We're gonna pray aloud. We're gonna ask God to teach us as his word is read and to teach us as I preach And then I'll read the word for us. So let's pray aloud. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for your word, that it may satisfy us, lead us, and give us life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. James 1, 21 to 25. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. All right, three things from this foundational uh, passage in the CBR initiative. Why, how, and when, okay? Uh, What's one reason why we do community Bible reading? Uh, What's the rationale for how we do community Bible reading? And when do we faithfully participate in community Bible reading, okay? So first, one reason why we do community Bible reading. While there's lots of reasons, reasons we've stated in the past, I want us to see a very important reason in this text uh, from James. I want you to see why we work so hard to create and maintain this culture of daily Bible reading at New City. In a phrase, the reason is this, the ongoing salvation of your soul. Feels like a big deal. The ongoing salvation of our souls. Look at the second half of verse 21. Uh, Receive with meekness the implanted word. Talking about the scriptures. Just previously in James, he's talked about the word of truth, the Bible that God used to bring us to life when he brought us uh, into his family at conversion. Receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to, has the power to, save your souls. Now, when we hear the word save, we tend to think of that day of our conversion, that day in the past when we repented and believed for the first time and when we, quote, got saved. And while the Bible will talk about our conversion and our spiritual rebirth as God saving us, the Bible doesn't exclusively or only or simply use salvation language to talk about the past. We tend to compartmentalize saved And salvation to the past. But the Bible also talks about that day in the future when Jesus comes back, he will come with judgment, but he'll also come to establish his kingdom in full in the new heavens and the new earth. And multiple times the Bible talks about a future salvation of people who are already saved, when we are saved from the wrath to come. Uh, Additionally, uh, the the passage that we're looking at now, this passage in in James, the Bible uh, repeatedly uh, speaks of God's ongoing work of salvation in the present. Uh, God saved you from the penalty of sin in the past if you're a believer. God will save you from uh, the presence of sin in the future if you're a believer. And the Bible teaches that God is right now saving you from the power of indwelling sin. And and what's confusing about this is that sometimes the Bible will talk about this past salvation as this instantaneous reality, and that's true. And the Bible will also talk about future salvation as this thing that you'll experience in an instant, and that's true as well. But the Bible talks about God's ongoing saving work in your life right now as a process that is always true. You have been saved from the penalty of sin. You will be saved from the presence of sin, God in his sovereign timing is saving you from the power of sin. And so what I want you to see in this in this passage before we before we move on is this this tension that that God is saving you but he's doing it according to his timetable. So if you look at the passage and you look at this incredible promise, it says that the word, when received with meekness, we'll talk about that in a moment, it says that the word has the power to make you less selfish and more selfless, that the word has the power to make you less wicked and more holy, me, less filthy and more wholesome, us, less proud and more humble, us, less greedy and more generous, us, less anxious and more trusting, us, less ashamed and more confident. And this is, this is the, the reason why we do CBR. One of the big reasons is staying in contact with the word is the means by which God transforms us. But notice this tension in the passage. That on the one hand, James says that there's a potential for extreme power in the word... But then with the image he invokes, he talks about this transformation and this change taking a while. So the Greek word that's here uh, rendered as able in your translation, in my translation, is from the Greek word dunamai, which, which is uh, the word from which we get the English dynamite. It's a word for incredible power. It's a word for incredible reality-altering power. And James says the Bible has dynamite power. But at the same time, James says that the word is, quote, implanted. Drawing to mind the picture of a gardener putting a seed into soil. So think about that. These are not contradictory. They just create a tension in how we experience God changing us. In the seed, there is the potential for massive growth. There is the potential for multiplication over time. So think about a seed. If you don't realize this, you need to understand that one seed can create an entire uh, field of crops. It just takes time for it to grow. So by saying there's dynamite power, but it's implanted, uh, James is not contradicting himself. He's just addressing a tension that we experience every day. At the same time, think about an acorn. A oak tree can break up a sidewalk, if not the foundation of a house. An oak tree, uh, in the right environment across time, can create acres of trees. And James is saying this with the New Living Ted translation. I know it doesn't feel like much each day as you participate in CBR. I know know you're not always growing as fast as you'd like to grow. I know that you're not experiencing that dynamite type explosion as frequently or ever as you'd like. But James is saying God's work is the work of a gardener. He keeps planting the seeds in you and over time through exponential multiplication you need to know that some incredible reality altering transformation is happening, can happen Will happen, And so the first uh, point from the passage is, is, is I wanted us to see this, this one, uh, one of the reasons why uh, we've done all that we can to create this, this daily Bible reading culture at New City. It's because that when we come into contact with God's word, we are exposed to that power that in an ongoing fashion saves us and sanctifies us and matures us and heals us and grows us. But the second, I want us to see from James chapter one, the biblical rationale for how we do CBR. The biblical rationale for how we do it. If you're part of community Bible reading, uh, you know that CBR is not just a Bible reading plan that helps you read through the New Testament every year and the Old Testament every three years. Uh, CBR includes and is unique in this fact. It, it, it provides you with a prayer journaling element that is designed to help you not simply read the word so you get a sticker on your chart in heaven. It's designed to help you read the word effectively. One of the sobering realities of this passage is that you can waste your time reading the word. And you can deceive yourself thinking that something is happening when in fact nothing is happening. My life tells me and my ministry tells me and this passage tells me that the goal cannot simply be to have someone read the Bible. The goal has to be someone effectively reading the Bible. Look at verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. One of the scariest messages in James that comes up multiple times is that a human has the ability to deceive itself. James says, don't look to Satan as the source of temptation. Look to yourself as the source of of temptation. And James is saying, if you think that you've got it figured out just by sitting and reading the Bible and not moving forward and doing what it says, you've deceived yourself. In verse 25, James writes this, it's not the hearer who forgets, but the doer who acts. Uh, In one of the more literal translations, it says, not the effectual doer, it's not the hearer who forgets, but the effectual doer who acts, who will be blessed in his doing. You see, the blessing of ongoing salvation is in the doing. If you've read the introduction to the Community Bible Reading Journal, you're going to know that there's a fourfold flow to the way we do CBR. And the rationale for that flow comes in large part from James chapter 1. Think about it. We encourage the same four steps every day. Step one, surrender through prayer. We start out by asking God to give us understanding and we start out by asking God to work in our lives. Step two, listen to the scriptures. We don't primarily read the scriptures in CBR, we listen to the scriptures, realizing that through the scriptures, God speaks to us. Step three is pray through your pen. So in this step, we're not outlining the passage so we can teach it to someone else later. We're not taking notes on the passage. We're not writing down primarily the questions we have about the passage. We're simply communicating to God what was impactful to us as we listened to him in that passage. Finally, step four is preparing for gospel community. This is where we thoughtfully answer a few questions that are designed to help us live out what we just experienced in the word as we move out into our day and as we move out into our life. And again, the the point of the the fourfold flow is to help us move beyond hearing God's word into doing God's word. In James 1, there's a path that leads to the blessing of ongoing salvation. To be sure, the path starts with hearing. Uh, I started reading from verse 21. In, In verse 18, James says that God brings us to life spiritually through the word of truth. In verse 19, James writes this, let every person be quick to hear or frequent to hear and slow to speak. Let every person frequently shut their mouths and open their ears to God's word. And then in verse 21, James goes a step further and he writes, receive with meekness the implanted word. He's saying, don't just hear it. He's saying, receive it, welcome it, be hospitable to it, wrap your heart around it. The word meekness doesn't mean weakness. It means gentleness, humility, approachability. James is saying, don't just intellectually hear the word. Surrender yourself to the word. James is saying, don't aggressively attack the word. Be humble and approachable for the word to attack you. You see, it's a seed after all. It's small and can be delicate. And James is saying, be careful and conscientious with it. I mean, the image is of God himself ripping open, or I will say, cutting open, as he says in Hebrews, our soul, and carefully putting a seed in the soil of our soul. So so the path to the blessing of ongoing salvation, it starts with hearing. It moves into this active receiving. But it also includes what, what James calls persevering in the word continuing in what we saw in the word so that we can obey the word. This is his point in verses 23 to 25. Look at at that part of the text with me. 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For, since because, he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. James is saying that it is possible and even easy to spend a lot of time hearing the word and yet still be a fool who moves out into our lives not remembering what we heard and not implementing what we understood from the word. James says we can look intently, we can fix our eyes intently upon the Bible. He's saying we can spend 30, 60, 90 minutes in CBR. And yet we can move out into our day forgetting what God showed us about himself and us and his salvation. We can move out not doing what we heard. We can move out not doing and therefore not experiencing the blessing of this ongoing salvation. The blessing of ongoing salvation is not in the hearing. It is in the doing. In contrast to that, James writes in verse 25, look there. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, continues, remains, abides, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I want you to notice that the contrast is not between one who looks quickly and one who looks intently. The contrast is between one who looks into the word for a long time but forgets what they heard when they move out into their day and the one who perseveres and what they heard throughout the day. Do you see that? It's not in those who read and those who don't read. It's not in those who really read for a long time and those who check it off the list. It's in the people who stare intently but don't move forward in doing and those who stare intently and move forward in doing. Why the hearer only forgets what he saw, the doer somehow perseveres, remains, abides in what they experienced that morning. I want you to at least see this there is a four step flow to how we do CBR, and it is based on James chapter 1. That flow is designed to keep us from being foolish, verse 24, and from being deceived, verse 22. The blessing of ongoing salvation is in the doing of God's word. Now, to be sure, you can't do without persevering in what you heard. And to be sure, you can't persevere in what you heard without receiving with meekness what you heard. And to be sure, you can't receive with meekness without shutting up and listening. So, all the steps along the path are crucial, and they're crucial in the order in which they're in. James is not opposed to hearing, he's opposed to hearing only. In fact, he knows that we have to start with hearing if we're going to have any chance of doing. We have to start with receiving if we're going to have any chance of obeying. So think, why do we start with the surrender and listening steps in CBR? Because James says, shut your mouth, unstop your ears, open your hearts, receive with meekness the implanted word. Why do we not end with a carefully outlined passage and a stronger theological position? Why do we end with praying to God what he showed us and preparing to go move into gospel community in light of it? Because that's the best thing I know of in persevering. What I've experienced in my life is I have a higher likelihood of remembering what I saw and moving out in obedience to what I saw as I walk away from the mirror of scriptures when I write out to God what he's telling me to do and when I tell someone in my spiritual family what he told me to do. There are other ways for sure, but those are the ways that we've chosen in CBR. And so a great question for individual reflection and for community dialogue is this. Where are you with this dynamic discipline of Bible reading? I mean, where are you with this habit of CBR? Is it your habit? Do you ordinarily uh, stop and hear or do you just keep right on through, through life? Is it ordinarily your habit to move beyond hearing and to receive with meekness the implanted word? As you sort of assess where you are in your Bible reading after hearing from God, do you make plans to persevere in what you experienced and, and do, you, do you communicate out loud with your community what it is that God has called you to? And finally, do you do what you hear? You see, all of us can sort of, through individual reflection and community dialogue, think about where we are in enjoying this ongoing salvation that God promises us through his word. I know for me, I think, I I really mean this, I don't mean I think, but later I found out it's not true. Uh, I, I think I spend a lot of time receiving with meekness the implanted word. I think for me, I do pretty well praying through my pen and applying God's word to my life and getting very practical about what it would look like if I moved forward in obedience. My disconnect is between 6 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock in the morning. I am usually done with CBR by 6 o'clock. Around 7 o'clock, I start to interact with other humans. And I struggle to regularly communicate to my community what God is showing me. I kind of feel as I assess myself at this point in my life, I always hasn't been this way. I'm not saying it will always be this way, but I kind of have found myself at that place of not getting the encouragement and the support I need from community. And that says to me that I get three-fourths of the way there and then I abort this flow that James has given to us in this passage. And to be sure, God is absolutely changing me and saving me and transforming me as he is you. But James is inviting me into a more effective experience of that reality. And he's inviting you to the same, to assess where you are, to figure out what the next step looks like, and to move forward into this blessing of ongoing salvation. So why do we do CBR? Why do we spend so much time and energy around it? I mean, if you're a member at New City, you know that there are three things that we ask you to do. When you take the vow uh, to submit to the, to the elders and to submit to their discipleship, when you take that vow, we ask you to do three things. One, we ask you to live more and more uh, with your community group. We, d- we just say, listen, we know that the meeting is important, but more than that, we want you to increasingly live life together. Uh, the second thing we ask you to do is to be a full participant in Sunday morning. We say with your volunteering, with your worshiping, with your fellowship, with your handshake, uh, with your giving, and all of that. We we want you to come and fully participate on Sunday morning. And we ask you to be repentantly faithful in CBR. We say join us. None of us are perfect. None of us love it all the time. All of us rebel at some time. But we just ask you to join us in seeing the value of CBR and repenting towards it, going back towards it, and, and finding life in that place. Why? Because it is our ongoing interaction with God through his word that is the significant power whereby he saves us and grows us and matures us. And that's what we want for one another. Uh, How do we do CBR? So we provide this reading plan for the entire community and we provide this four-step flow uh, and we ask you to hear and to do. Why don't we just ask you, look, would you just read the Bible, please? Just at some point, Try to read the Bible. Why don't we say to you, hey, listen, why don't you uh, try to read the Bible every day? And when you do, whatever passage the Bible falls open to, read that passage or whatever passage you think you should go to, read that and try this fourfold plan. I mean, why do we go through the trouble of creating a reading plan and a journal and trying to get us to do this together in community? Because I've been doing this for 15 years. And the only thing that I have found to help people persevere And hearing and doing is writing down to God what they're going to do and telling community about it. If we think of something better, we'll think of something better. I can't tell you how many people say it is so encouraging to read the Bible with other people in my church family. It is so great to go and to share with someone what God showed me out of a passage where God showed them something else. That's, That's the reason, the rationale behind how we do it. But lastly, for this morning, when do we faithfully participate in CBR? Okay, when do we faithfully participate? And my guess is that some of you are thinking, especially if you're a night person, this is the part in the annual CBR sermon where he says that you should do it in the morning. And while I think that's true and easy to support biblically, that's not what I'm gonna do here. I'm just gonna passively, aggressively say it again. (laughs) That's not what I mean. I want us to see from verse 25 that we faithfully participate in community Bible reading when we look at it with me, look into the perfect law the law of liberty so did you notice how james went from calling the bible the word in verse 21 22 and 23 he went from calling it the word to the law in verse 24 and more accurately james says that the commendable one looks into the bible as a perfect law and as a law of liberty what does this mean I would suggest that we're not doing CBR faithfully and by that I don't mean consistently I mean full of faith we're not doing CBR faithfully until we're looking at the Bible as a perfect law and a law of freedom First uh, the Greek word for perfect is is telios or telios I'm not sure how you say that it does not primarily mean without error it means complete it means whole it means to have the final argument stated It means to have the last chapter written. James would, of course, agree with the statement that God's law is perfect and that it is without error, but he is not emphasizing its perfection in the way we think of it. He's emphasizing its completion, its wholeness, and its fulfillment. In Matthew chapter five, verse 17, Jesus says this, do not think that I have come to abolish the law. I have not come to abolish the law. I have come to fulfill it. Why did Jesus have to say that he didn't come to abolish God's law? I mean, think about it. Why did he even have to say that? Because his primary enemy in the gospel narrative was the Pharisee. The Pharisee believed that if they obeyed God's law enough, that God would send his Messiah, and his Messiah would deliver them from Roman oppression. It would have been natural to think, if you were in the original audience, to think Jesus is opposed to the law because his primary opposition is the Pharisee. But Jesus very clearly states, I'm not opposed to the law. I did not come to wipe out the law. Jesus said, I'm opposed to legalist. I came to abolish legalism. So the legalistic Pharisee believed that if they fulfilled the law, they would earn their righteousness and then God would send them the Messiah. But Jesus says, God sent the Messiah. Not because you fulfilled the law, but to fulfill the law for you. And to give you his righteousness on the cross. I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill and to complete and to perfect. Write the final chapter in, make the final argument in regards to the law. Uh, the word for looks into in this, in this verse literally means to stoop or bend over. And the Greek used this term to describe a deep and thoughtful staring. And James is saying we faithfully read the word, we read the law full of faith when we see that it's been perfected, it's been fulfilled, it's been completed by Jesus. If you do CBR to achieve something, if you do CBR to fulfill God's law, if you do CBR to earn a righteousness, you violate the very first thing James calls for. The humble and meek reception of the word. If we uh, move towards CBR as a way to get God to love us, we will arrogantly and programmatically try to earn his approval. And James is inviting us to stop and to stoop over and to look deeply at the fact that we already have God's approval in Christ. Once you understand that this is what he means by the perfect law, you can keep reading and see why he calls it the law of liberty. James is referring to the fact that God gives his people instruction on how to live after he liberates them, not before. When did God give the law to his people? Did he give them the law while they were enslaved in Egypt? No. He gave them the law after he delivered them from slavery. God gave them the law after the Passover lamb had already died in their place, pointing forward to the ultimate Passover lamb who is Christ. The law was given to a liberated people as a way to live for the God who saved them, not as a way by which they could save themselves. So think about it. Think about what James is saying. If you have to obey the law of God to be rescued, to be loved, to be secure, to be righteous, to be adopted, to be forgiven, The law will not push you forward in liberty and freedom, but slavery. And James sees no problem calling us to to, to obedience to the law so far as we participate in that full of faith. Understanding that the law was fulfilled by Christ and doesn't need to be fulfilled by us. Understanding that the law is not there to enslave us, the law is there to liberate us understanding that through obeying God's law, we experience the the life of utmost blessing. Let's pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this this truth from James. We thank you that your salvation of us does not just include our forgiveness, but it includes our growth. Uh, We thank you that, uh, that you have called us uh, to this relationship with you where we hear from you and we, we receive from you and we move forward empowered by you. Uh, we thank you that you have not asked us to do anything to be in relationship with you, but you have promised to make us uh, increasingly uh, doers of the word because we're in relationship with you. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would help us to understand these things. We pray that you would, in fact, uh, feed us and nourish us and equip us and save us and grow us Uh, as we read your word day in and day out. God, I pray that you would uh, help us to see where we are uh, in this path that James lays out for blessing. I I pray that you'd help us see where we are and give us the strength to move forward with increased faith and obedience. God, I pray that as a result of uh, studying this passage, uh, more of us um, would more effectively read your word in order uh, to serve you more and to enjoy the incredible life that you've given to us by grace. It's in your name for Lord Jesus.